Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright, and we'd like to welcome our guest today, Brian Goligoski, President and Chief Investment Officer of Stillwater Capital. He's with us here in the studio in Orange County. Brian, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me. So, Ryan, you, uh, Brian, you've been a securities analyst, an alternative investment specialist, a portfolio manager for over 20 years. You were with Nuveen, the portfolio manager for their equity long short fund. You were with Hatteras Funds, TCW. Now you have formed Stillwater Capital. Give us a background of why you founded Stillwater Capital, will you? Sure. So Stillwater was founded with the belief that hedge strategies, when offered in the proper delivery mechanism, are important components of almost any investor's portfolio. And what I've done is I've gone through and stripped out a lot of the hurdles that are proving to be headwinds for the hedge fund industry. So whether it's private partnership structure, whether it's the performance fees, I founded this because I think investors are well-served having pure hedge exposure in their portfolios. So tell us, uh, what is your approach to investing in the markets? Sure. For the portfolios that have short selling and long positions in them, I come about it from the perspective of trying to find companies that are growth-oriented, that hopefully you haven't heard about yet, that have moats in their business and throw off nice nice cash flows. As I mentioned earlier, it's like a company that Buffett would say, yeah, I want to own that. I want to own those cash flows. To hedge out risk, I go about it a few different ways. One, I look for deteriorating fundamentals from other companies. Two, I look for pair positions. And three, I look to actually truly hedge out the risk of the existing long portfolio. That's, in my 21 years of experience, the best way I've ever come up with in terms of how to construct and manage a hedged equity portfolio. Okay, so so if you could give us an example or two. For example, when you were managing the Nuveen Long Short Fund, it outperformed its peers, as I have seen, and uh, as compared uh, by Morningstar ratings. Why do you think you were able to outperform the peers? A couple things. One, on the long side, again, we were we were looking for companies that were a little less heard of. We weren't playing in the mega cap names, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But we were finding some unfounded names that, that people hadn't seen before, and then hopefully they get discovered. Secondly, I truly believe that in alternatives with firms, funds, etc., that are running short books, I find that to be the biggest area of deficiency of skill deficiency out there. I just don't think there's that many good short sellers out there. And I think a lot of times, you know, my peer group, I looked when I would look at what their short holdings were, it was rather pedestrian or they would short expensive stocks. Well, short an expensive stock can get more expensive before, before you, you know, before you stay liquid. So I go about it using some pretty pure tried and true ways to operate on the short side, which I think is a, which, which is probably what led to you know some of that outperformance. You know, uh, we've had uh, many people make a similar comment about short selling. They've talked about how difficult uh, because of the expense and because of the way the market moves and because of how the market has moved in the past nine years, how difficult short selling really is. 
It is. So let's use that as a as a broad statement. It is. And ultimately, if you don't manage your risk, you do have a ton of risk if you don't know how to manage a short book. But step back, and I made a comment about this very recently, is that if you're charging a premium and you're saying I can make you money or protect using short selling, you better know what you're doing, okay? You better, you better know what you're doing. Um, if you look in the last 12 to 18 months, there have been some really ripe areas for short selling. Energy has fallen out of bed. Anything that's on the business end of what Amazon's trying to do has <laughs> may not make it. So those are two broad buckets, but there's always individual sub-stories happening in the market where you can find opportunities to short. It's best to have a process. It's best to know going in how big your position is going to be and not be short too many, quote-unquote, battlefield stocks. So Tesla's a battlefield stock. Okay, so let's get a little more granular here. Um, Let's discuss the long-short strategy that Stillwater Capital has. Tell us, how does it work? Okay, so... Our main body of work covers all the different equity, every, all the different sectors of the equity market. So, energy, financials, industrials, technology, consumer, etc. So, it's agnostic to where we're looking for ideas. Um, I mentioned to you earlier that on the long side, we want to own these companies for three to five to ten years. This is not a trading vehicle. Our goal is to own them as they develop, own them as they climb, climb the uh, climb the the growth curve, and participate in their. Um, and their success. Be owners of the company. On the flip side, like I mentioned earlier, I will position short versus companies that I think have near-term risk. And if you can make 20% in a quarter on a single name short, that's a pretty good proposition. Now, you got to rinse and repeat and do it a lot, and this is a lot of activity, but that's where you're going to find ways to add incremental performance to the portfolio doing it that way. Because I told you that I'll hedge risk in the long term, it allows me to own companies and cyclical businesses like Energy, where I like a certain company for what it's going to do for the next three to five years, but I do may have near-term concern for the price of crude. This strategy has the ability in short selling to hedge out that risk. So there are levers in it. It's, it's a good analogy it would be something akin to this is a sophisticated plane. Most planes in the market, long onlys, they only have one, you know, one direction straightforward, right. and it's just with the speed. This has the ability to flaps down, trim the flaps, accelerate, be defensive. It has all the components that you would want in something with the proposition that it can make money in both good and bad markets. So uh, you use only fundamental analysis. Do you also use any trend following or relative strength or anything like that? Great question, Charlie, because I'm a fundamentalist, but I'm going to, to you and all your listeners out there, explain every fundamentalist has a little technician in them. (laughs) It's a true statement. So importantly, I will develop a good short idea. When you apply technicals or trend following or relative strength to that, that's really where the rubber meets the road and you can enhance your performance short selling by saying i'm going to short strength and cover weakness short strength cover weakness to do that you've got to have some ability to read markets or to read a chart so yes i do employ it it's not the first thing i do it's really more on the on the actual portfolio management side of things but like i said i think most fundamental stock pickers or portfolio managers you know wouldn't tell you but there's everyone's got a little technician in them yeah well in this show we actually talk to a lot more technicians Mm-hmm. And then we talk to fundamentalists. Got it. So we certainly understand that. So do you trade 
individual stocks, sectors through indexes, uh, ETFs? What do you actually trade? Ideally, we're looking for single stocks. Ideally, we're looking for single stocks, especially if we're looking for you know, a situation where all most of the long managers, growth managers own it. It's about to transition as fundamentals deteriorate, but it's not cheap enough for value to own. That's a great single name for us to look at. I'll also put together a basket. So if I've got concern for a series of regional banks, we can put together a small basket of four or five of them to create a quasi-ETF. Lastly, while they are blunt instruments, the strategy will always have some positions that are long or short ETFs. And there's a million of them out there. I tend to look for liquidity and efficacy on my idea, but I do use ETFs. It's the last tool in the toolbox. And is this uh, U.S. equities only? It is U.S. equities only. On a rare chance, you may see an ADR in there, but it's you know ninety-seven percent guarantee you're going to get pure U.S. exposure. Okay, so so give us uh, an example or two. So you had mentioned earlier that uh, you like Amazon, and that you would maybe short the companies that are competitors with Amazon, and Amazon Amazon is currently winning. How, how would you do that? Sure. So in this situation, if you wanted, that is a Amazon and everyone that's been in its wake is a classic pair trade where you want to be long the company that's taking market share, that's dominating the business. And in this case, you know, the wake is is a bankruptcy wake almost in some cases. I mean, this is not a good situation for a lot of retailers. They are not fast enough to, to adjust, etc. So on an actual how it would look in a portfolio, you may take a 5% position long Amazon and pick five companies that are on the wrong side of their growth and short one, 1% positions in each. So you've got a 5% position long Amazon, you've got a 5% position long a basket of names or companies that are going to be on the, on, the, like I said, on the business end of what Amazon is doing. So there you're dollar neutral and you're long the company that's doing well and going up and you're short these that are you know, getting absolutely uh, you know, re- reevaluated by the market as it were. So that's a classic pair trade. Um, you can go back to the 90s. Uh, Dell Computer came along and changed the way we buy computers. And Compaq wasn't fast enough to adjust. So it wasn't that the pie was getting bigger, but Dell brought a better mousetrap to the, ta- to the, to the table and won the day. Okay. So, so tell us now, before we go to break here, uh, what often happens in, as we all know, with long-short funds, uh, is that the market moves up two-thirds of the time and only moves down a third of the time. And so, so many long-short funds are net long 70 80%, but then they don't have the protection when the market goes down. But if they don't do that, they don't keep up with the market when it's rising and investors are dissatisfied. How do you deal with that issue? What you just said, Charlie, is the Achilles heel of these strategies. If you don't operate with a flexible mandate allowing you to participate in a rising market and adjust in a declining market or or a changing market, that is really where the value of these strategies shines. Because you don't want to be sitting hedged at 20% net long from 09 to now. You didn't make any money, right? So you have to have that component. And ultimately, it comes down to manager ability to fly that sophisticated plane. And there's, you know, just because it's a category and there's a lot of strategies doesn't mean the pilot of all of those planes knows what they're doing. So buyer beware. Understand what you're getting. Understand that hopefully your manager has hedge experience. They can, you know, manage those throttles. 
Okay. We need to take a short break here, Brian. Again, we're talking with Brian Goligoski, President and Chief Investment Officer of Stillwater Capital. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, having a very interesting conversation with Brian Goligoski, President and Chief Investment Officer of Stillwater Capital. So, Brian, you've told us in theory uh, about your long-short strategy, how it works, what it does, why uh, when you were doing it for Nuveen, it was, why in your opinion it was outperforming the market. Give us some examples, will you, of things that you have done, okay, things that you saw and that actually worked. Sure. So we'll talk a little more near term with regard to that. So one of the things that's happened is I've been an energy analyst for a number of years, and so I always have an eye for what is happening with the price of crude. That has been a very ripe area, as I mentioned, for short selling. And whether that was short selling the higher cost producers in a declining crude environment or not, a company that I'm very favorable on is EOG Resources. It is essentially a mutual fund of high-quality resource holdings across this country. So you don't have to be specific to the Eagle Fur or the Bakken. You get to own this and have them manage it because Lord knows they're better at picking rock than I am. But that's a great example of a really stable long-term name in a relatively unstable, uh, unstable sector. Okay. I've never been favorable and this has been volatile companies, I've never been favorable of the Herbalifes or the new skins of the world. Okay, but but before we go on there, back to the energy. Sure. How do you hedge that? Hedging energy is one of the easier things just because there are a lot of companies out there that will trade similarly to EOG. So in EOG's case, you've got kind of the grade A quality manager of high-quality assets. Well, you also have a lot of of, um, more... much more volatile producers in some of the more difficult shale plays like the Bakken. So Continental Resources would be a good example of that. I like the company. I like Harold Ham, But that's a single exposure to the Bakken um, play. So you would be essentially long EOG and short a combination of Continental Resources, maybe Pioneer Drilling, a combination of other single play companies that would give you that downside protection. Okay. Similarly, you know, to, to wear the similar hat, Schlumberger has always been a very high quality name in the old service in the yes. old service business, the one to own. Um, but there are periods where the price, obviously, and Schlumberger has faced it. You can easily hedge that risk out by shorting uh, Baker Hughes or Halliburton or being on that side of it. 
Um, that's just an easy way to hedge your, hedge your near-term risk, sleep at night, and stay long your position and maintain that long-term capital gain holding. Okay, and, and do you hedge every long position? No, I will not hedge every long position. Some, they're not hedgeable. Some, you just say, this is my long book. These are good companies. I would own these regardless if I would own them in a hedged equity strategy. I'll give you another good example, though. There's a company called Donaldson, which is an industrial filter maker, which I'm very favorable on long term. I think it's a good company, first fit, um, replacement filter, You know, almost like a razor and razor blade. I hate to be you know cliche. Well, they sell to Caterpillar and Deer. And also to the disk drive business. So if there's if there's risk in heavy machinery and farm and farm equipment, I can hedge out the risk of the thirty percent or forty percent of revenues that come from that by shorting out deer and, and cat. Not that I have a you know long term unfavorable view of those companies, but the farm cycle and the heavy equipment cycle are indeed cycles. So that's a way to hedge out as well. Okay, and uh, you hold about how many long positions in your portfolio typically? Twenty to twenty five. Um, you know, we're getting the portfolio invested, and it's difficult with valuations right now to find a lot. I'm keeping a lot of dry powder. I'm keeping a lot of cash because I think that prices will probably be more favorable in the next 6, 12, 18 months. And so I'm not rushing to, to chase just so I can perform with the S&P. That's not, that's not what these strategies are supposed to do. Okay. No. Do you use any macroeconomic analysis here uh Looking at uh, tweets and <laughs> other I, important methods of communication. Very good point. I do avoid the tweets because it creates so much noise that it's borderline impossible to navigate. Prior to tweets, we had uh, budget impasses in the Senate uh, and fights with the White House. And those were very difficult markets to manage. Global financial crisis, when we were trying to get you know, uh, uh, bank bailouts passed, those were massively volatile times. It was best to run as market neutral as you could at the time. Um, I'm a funda- fundamental bottom-up stock picker, but just like I mentioned with technicians, all fundamental bottoms-up stock pickers have at least some attention placed on the macro. You can't remove it. Um, like I said, I'm involved in some cyclical industries, and if I don't have an opinion about global growth, if I'm, if I'm not looking to say, how is Europe looking, then I'm probably not doing my job. Because um, the companies I'm invested in are doing the same thing. So there is a macro component as much as necessary. So, Brian, I got you off base. You were about to give us a second example of specific uh, positions that uh, you held or hold and why and how. Sure. So I'm going to speak broadly because I, I will not make individual stock recommendations on this venue. Uh, but I, but uh, Thank you. But I, will say, but I will say, you know, I've never been favorable of um, the pyramid marketing employed by the Newskins and the Herbalifes of the world. I know those are kind of controversial and uh, battleground stocks, but I'm on the, the not-so-favorable view of Herbalife. Now, Bill Ackman was as well, but he held his position, and he's he's a you know huge manager, so you know he can do that. But that cost him. So it did. I will I will try to be a little more nimble in my positioning, and I certainly don't try to take I I I try to avoid public fights. It's not good for your suit. Uh, this little, you know, as Jerry Parencio used to say, you know, avoid the limelight; it fades your suit. But it doesn't mean that I'm. It doesn't mean that I like that business. Um, uh, Wells is another company um, that previously had been the gold standard yes. in banking. I mean, literally right. emerged from the global financial crisis with you know the the blue ribbon, right? And a favorite of Warren Buffett. A favorite of Warren Buffett, indeed. And that's really difficult to be on the wrong side of Warren Buffett. <laughs> But, but what they're going through now, I simply fundamentally believe that that brand is going to be tarnished for a while, and I don't see a reason why it should trade at or a slight, 
or above a slight premium to book as you know with some of his competitors like yeah. Bank American City. You know for a fact that advisory firms are out there looking to in my opinion, looking to take the Wells advisors out of there saying, look, let's give you a nice clean brand. Um, so that's, yeah. that's one that I think has some headwinds. Yeah. So, so tell us now, uh, what is the biggest challenge or what's the market condition where your long short strategy is likely to underperform the most? What do you tell investors or other advisors, hey, if we're in this kind of market condition, don't expect great performance from us. I'm going to speak for this strategy, but I think I'll also speak for all hedged equity strategies. A straight up market is the, is you will not keep up with a straight up market in a hedged equity strategy because by virtue of the fact that it is hedged, you may be 70% long the market, the math doesn't work. But in that environment, if you're bullish, like coming out of 09 when you know the reflation trade started, you wanted as much long exposure as cheap as you could for as long as you could. That was that environment. Every every strategy has its environment. So in a market that's sideways, hedged equity can work really well. In a market where there's divergence in, in um, underlying subsectors, that's where hedged equity works. But really where it works really well is when you get into bear markets or corrections, recessionary times. That's where it should shine. Yeah. It's just that not everybody has patience, has had enough patience to wait for those over the past nine years. Indeed, indeed. That's why they should be structured so you can have upside capture. Yeah. So uh, tell us a question, Brian, we'd like to ask all of our guests. Uh, what keeps you awake at night? Okay. So two levels, two levels of that answer. One is that you know the clients out there are in the right strategies that they're that they're positioned properly given wherever they are in their in their in the investment continuum. So Charlie, we're both in the RA business. We care about our clients. So that's that's one thing. Secondly is we are getting towards what would naturally be a late cycle in the economy, all right, without saying there's a recession in 12 months, 18 months. So when that starts to happen and I've got these levers in my, my, my the plane that I've built, I know I may have to put some flaps down. I may have to know I have to decrease the speed or get ready for bumpiness. So it doesn't keep me awake, but I know that I've got tools at my disposal I may have to use. And so... Um, awake's the wrong word, but concerned at which levers I may have to use in an otherwise fairly, you know, uh, robust cockpit. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that, that's a very honest and straightforward answer that would be shared by many in this industry, if, mm-hmm. if not most. Number two, we like to ask, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Okay, this goes back 21 years. Okay. One of the first books I ever read in the business was... George Soros's Soros on Soros. Really? And it was on, it was more like an interview because Byron Wien was the co-author or the author. And it was honestly more like an interview of Soros by Byron Wien. And it had three sections. The middle section was the one that kind of teed up his theory of reflexivity. And we don't have enough time today or this week to talk about that. But the, but the first and the third did a really nice job for a young you know, securities analyst, marketeer to understand how markets work and what it means to attempt to look around the corner and anticipate. Um, so Soros on Soros, and that has been my pat answer for a long time. There's lots of good books out there, but Soros on Soros, especially the first and the third portions, is is foundational to any investor, in my opinion. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. Hopefully, he didn't talk too much about politics here. He did not. <laughs> okay, good. So give a, give a, for those who'd like to know more, your website and contact information. Sure. So the website is 
stillcap.com www.stillcap.com stillcap stillcap stillcap.com stillwater capital shortened to still okay. stillcap um, and uh, obviously there's numerous ways they can they can contact us uh, via the website and we do a weekly writing on Fridays that anyone can sign up for, and it's called This Week in the Markets. So I get it, and uh, you, you are a good writer. Thank here, you very much. Good yeah. Yeah. And it has a little of the top down, a little of the bottom up, happenings around Wall Street, and then we always want to leave people with something happy on a Friday, so we include diversions. So something to send you on your way with a smile on your face uh, into a nice weekend. Good. So, Brian, uh, final words for our listeners here. Sure. Um, I would say, you know, outside of talking about hedge strategies, have a good relationship with an advisor, use an advisor. Uh, we, you know, Charlie and I were talking earlier, we both know products, but you need someone in life to put those together in a way where they dance right and get you where you want to be. So I'm going to plug advisors right now um, and not plug uh, hedged equity strategies, even though I think that's a great way to go as well. So. Okay, and and uh, a question then that, that we meant to ask earlier: Do you work obviously with retail investors? Do you also work with other advisors to use your strategies? Yes. So, a client could come in as an individual client of Stillwater. Or we could work with them if they're an advisory firm and they're on the Schwab platform. Um, they can request to you know, be invested or have these strategies. And we're growing that platform. Mm-hmm. But if you're an independent RIA out there and you like the idea of what we talk about here and want access to that, like I said, either talk to contact us, talk to Schwab, um, and we'll be on TD soon enough. And that's, that's the way you get the access. It is an SMA, so a client gets to own the positions in their name outright, um, so very tax-efficient. And um, and uh, and that's what we do. Brian, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been very, very interesting. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me. Again, we've been talking with Brian Galagoski, president and chief of Capital, here from here in the studio. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio and OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 